Stick this in your ear. The number one, the number one internet shock radio network. Shock me, shock me, shock me with that deviant behavior. about Sam Adams. I wrote a column. You can read it on constitution.com and other websites. And he had four criteria for armed rebellion. When is it okay for citizens to say enough is enough? This is an illegitimate government that we will not listen to. And we can't be a part of it. If it's so corrupt, this is what we cannot do. Sam Adams was first a tax collector for the British, so he understood all of the methods they were using. And he was arguing for no taxation without representation. That's where that phrase comes from. Sam Adams was a cousin to John Adams, and his father was a brewer. So for those of you who drink Sam Adams beer. It's a tribute to him. And he later became a governor of Massachusetts. He was a member of the Continental Congress, and he signed the Declaration of Independence. He was in the thick of the Revolutionary War. He was in Boston, which is where it started. Now, Sam Adams wrote four points. He had four criteria for when it was okay to rebel against an illegitimate, corrupt, tyrannical government. Number one, when laws are no longer made by a legislature elected by the people. Think about that. When the legislature, when the people in Congress who are elected by the people are not making the laws. I want you to think about this. I used to work in Congress. I worked in Congress from 95 to 2000. One year of my life was spent on the sexual exploits of Bill Clinton, the blue dress, Monica Lewinsky, 24-7. It was not fun. But what I can tell you from experiencing impeachment proceedings on Capitol Hill, which were unprecedented in any recent lifetime, and I'm seeing how Congress is divided, but they're still following the rule of law. One of the things I learned is that no senator or congressman today writes the laws that they sponsor or vote for. But someone I used to work for, he would go in not knowing what the bill was about. He would vote based on what his colleague in his caucus would vote for. And so we we not only have congressmen and senators who are not writing the laws, but they also don't really know what they're voting for. They're told by their colleagues, hey, we need to vote for this or blah, blah, blah. The reality is that bills today are written by lobbyists and the staff members of companies and maybe committee staff person who's an attorney. But laws are not written by the congressmen or senators themselves. And the majority of laws in the United States of America are enacted through regulations that are created by unelected bureaucrats of federal and state Agencies. Now, that's the next point I want to get to. When number two, when our form of government exists without our consent, think about that. 
Our government exists without our consent. Think about all of the regulatory agencies, both federal and state, that you don't even know about that are enforcing regulations and taxes and penalties on your way of life, and you have no clue how they got there. That's another example. So that's number two. When our form of government exists without consent for every law Congress enacts, I want you to think about this, for every bill they vote and the president signs into law for every law that is enacted, 56 rules and regulations are also enacted by unelected federal and state agency bureaucrats. So I want to give you an example. In 2013, 65 bills were signed into law. But federal agencies enacted 3,659 rules and regulations. A lot of what people were fighting against under Obamacare and the birth control and health insurance regulations, that all came out of the Department of Health. The Bureau of Land Management, the Department of Interior, when they regulate land management, that is not Congress. It is not an elected representative. They are unelected bureaucrats who do not represent the ranchers or the farmers. They do not represent anyone except for themselves and the bureaucratic process that they implement, which does not represent the people, and they do not have our consent. We do not consent to unelected bureaucrats making 3,659 rules and regulations. If we don't follow, we get penalized for. We get taxed. Unelected bureaucrats are telling us what we can and can't do. Well, that's insane. That's unconstitutional, but it is happening. We have a form of government that exists without our consent. Number three, taxation without representation. Obamacare is one obvious example. The majority of Americans did not want Obamacare. Congress, against the will of the people, imposed a tax, which the Supreme Court redefined as a penalty, and it mandates under Obamacare that individuals have to purchase get this you can't just you have to purchase health insurance but you also have to purchase health insurance from a selection that the government has already determined in in classes gold silver bronze or whatever they classify the health insurance policies that you're allowed to select from so your existing health insurance policies no longer are they no longer work and as many people know millions and millions of people lost their health insurance because of Obamacare so they had insurance and now under the new classifications of government health insurance policies now many people who previously had health insurance don't have health insurance so Congress intentionally substituted a mandate by imposing a penalty for anyone who fails to comply, which is bogus. That's taxation without representation. They are not representing the people who allegedly put them into office. The other example is the Internal Revenue Service. In itself, the IRS is unconstitutional. It's an obvious example. Forget about all of the numerous scandals and their egregious abuse of power. The IRS is an agency of unelected bureaucrats. And these unelected bureaucrats have been targeting and discriminating against citizens selectively. And they are enforcing regulations and fines and penalties and ruining people's lives. And they are not elected by the people. The regulations they're enforcing, Congress didn't create.
So again, we have laws that are being enacted by an agency that was not given consent to by the people. Those are the first three points. And even in response to the IRS's abuse of power, even in response to public record, because what we can do in response to these regulations and rules is we can comment on the public record. There's a public record. It's a federal document. And you can submit comments because there's a certain time frame. By law, the agencies are required to allow however many days for public comment. And then after that time, they assess the public comment before they actually make the rule into a law. Get that. We can only add our public comment. Honestly, sometimes I don't know whether to laugh or to cry. But 94% of public comments that oppose IRS rules, this is what the Center for Competitive Policy Study has found. On average, when a rule is put out there and the public actually does comment, let's say whatever it is, 94% of the people oppose some aspect of the rule that the IRS is putting out. 87% oppose it outright, and it doesn't even matter. You can voice your opinion and your opposition, and the rule still gets passed. So here we have bureaucrats who are enacting and enforcing laws that Congress doesn't create, and they're enacting laws that the public doesn't want. We all don't want the IRS. Nobody wants the IRS. And is Ted Cruz the only one saying to get rid of it? Because the IRS in itself is completely unconstitutional. And that gets to point number four, when authority is no longer derived from ourselves. Now, the omnibus bill that Congress voted for really was the final nail in the coffin for me when I saw that they voted for $1.1 trillion in further debt to extend what we owe. They did not pass a budget. They passed an omnibus spending bill. Congress has not submitted or passed a budget since 2009. Now, the omnibus bill that they did pass, the Washington Post calculated that every legislator who voted for the bill received about $322,000, and they received this money from the financial industry, from bankers, from finance, insurance, real estate industry PAC. Not just PACs, employees of firms in these industries. The majority who voted for this bill, they got $322,000 on average. This is what I quote in my column. I say, we now know with certainty that to a clear majority in Congress, one consisting of Republicans and Democrats, the future viability of Wall Street is far more important than the well-being of their constituents. And so here we have laws that Congress passes that are written by industry professionals that benefit those industries, not the people that they represent. And so according to all four of these points, Americans are justified in saying no more. We are not going to pay our taxes. We are not going to bank with Citibank, with Bank of America, with Chase, with HSBC. We are not going to bank with all of these financial organizations that are regulating and writing laws that only harm American citizens. We are not going to continue to vote for elected officials who are not actually elected by us. And Americans, I want you to think about this. This is something Abraham Lincoln said, which I am witnessing today. 
Abraham Lincoln said, I'm quoting, America will never be destroyed from the outside. If we falter and lose our freedoms, it will be because we destroyed ourselves. And that is exactly what is happening because as Sam Adams warned, all four of these points are being met right now. Our laws are no longer made by a legislature elected by the people. Our government exists without our consent. We are being taxed without representation. And political authority is no longer derived from ourselves. I want you to think about that, folks. I'm going to take a break. I'll get back and talk more about the tyranny of what's happening in America. You're listening to Bethany Blankley on Renegade Talk Radio. When he was young, you supported every accomplishment in his life. C-A-T. Cat, I can read. He's older now, but he still needs help. There were drugs and alcohol at the party. Talk with the teens in your life. And if they're in substance abuse treatment and recovery, support them. Help them achieve new accomplishments. For information and treatment referral, call 1-800-662-HELP. Stick this in your ear. The number one, the number one internet shock radio network. Shock me, shock me, shock me with that deviant behavior. Talk Radio, and I'm hosting my show, America's Betrayal. And what I'm talking about today, four criteria that Sam Adams outlines are necessary and justifiable for armed rebellion when it's okay to disobey the government. I want to put this in context because he was in the minority. So a lot of people who say they're patriots, a lot of people today who say they they love America but they don't love their government are in the minority, just like the people were who were leading the revolution against the British. In 1775, the colonies were divided equally in third. One third fought for independence like Sam Adams. Another third, they were loyalists, they were Tories, they supported King George. And the other third was apathetic and uninvolved. Does any of that sound familiar? Of the one third who wanted to fight for independence, only 85% of them, or 63,000, were able-bodied men. So out of 2.5 million people living in American colonies in 1775, out of 2.5 million people, only 63,000 were able-bodied men. Now, let me tell you what they were up against. They were up against 40,000 British soldiers, the 75,000 loyalists, and the 75,000 apathetic, uninvolved neighbors. The people fighting for independence were the minority. The people listening to Renegade Talk Radio, we are in the minority. The people who still care about the Constitution, they are in the minority. The reality is 
that our country is incredibly divided, not just between North and South, East and West, red and blue. Even in the Civil War, people knew which side they were on. You either lived in the North or the South. You were either for the Union or you were for the Confederate. In 1775, there were patriots, loyalists, and the apathetic. They all lived next door to each other. Some even in the same house. Some even in the same family. Some even on the same block. And you didn't know if a single street in a single town could eventually become battleground for civil war. You had spies who were your neighbors. And literally, fighting the enemy meant hand-to-hand combat, firing at close range on your front lawn. And so I want to give people a little bit of context because in 1775, revolutionary war for independence was literally nearly impossible. Their odds were insurmountable. Boston was occupied. I want you to think about this. What Barack Obama is suggesting, depending on how Jade Helm works through September, depending on what happens with Iran and with Israel and Saudi Arabia, my guesstimate is that Obama will try to implement martial law. The point is, is that in 1775, Boston was occupied. They were under the equivalent today of what would be martial law. And the do-nothing, unresolved delegation in Philadelphia would not act. They kept deliberating about nothing. They didn't want to offend King George. Does that sound familiar, anybody? Does that sound familiar to what's going on today? We have people deliberating over and over again, wringing their hands. They don't want to upset so-and-so. They don't want to offend so-and-so. And guess what? They're still deliberating about doing nothing because at the end of the day, no matter what they say, including John Boehner and Mitch McConnell, the reality is that we are at war whether we like it or not because people are at war with us. Iran considers us an enemy. Why do we not take what they say seriously? Iran says they want to destroy us. It's no secret. The Muslim Brotherhood says they want to destroy us. It's no secret. The document for their plan for North America was uncovered in the 90s. It is no secret. It's in black and white. How could it not be more clear what our enemies are saying they want to do and destroy the United States of America? Instead, our Congress is just like the government of the British Parliament in 1936. And this is what Winston Churchill said about them. He said that Stanley Baldwin, who was the prime minister at the time, he said Stanley Baldwin's government is, quote, a strange paradox. They're decided only to be undecided, resolved to be irresolute, adamant for drift, solid fluidity, all-powerful to be impotent. And and this is exactly what it is. People are twiddling their thumbs, they're deliberating and debating, and they're, and they're bickering about all these different things, and it's ridiculous. No one is prepared for what is coming. And so Sam Adams was saying, these are the four points where it's necessary to disobey the government, and I'm saying we are definitely there right now, and Congress couldn't decide and figure out what to do, and so George Washington said, I'm, I'm fed up with you guys. I'm not going to have any of this. This is ridiculous. I'm out of here. And what did he do? He commissioned six ships. He got money. He created what became America's first Navy. It was called Washington's Secret Navy. And he pointed to the wisdom that was offered by the previous century's political philosopher who he and all of the other founding fathers knew, which was John Locke. And John Locke wrote something that Washington referred to that 
everybody knew what it meant. John Locke wrote, where the body of the people is deprived of their right or is under the exercise of a power without right and have no appeal on earth, then they have a liberty to appeal to heaven. And George Washington, with his navy, had a flag with a green tree on it, and it said, appeal to heaven. The flag said, appeal to heaven, because he knew there was no justice under the British government. He knew there was no legal means, there was no judicial means to have recompense for the rights that they were being deprived. And Washington and Locke and those 63,000 able-bodied men who were willing to fight for independence, they knew that their human rights were not man-made, they were God-given. And Washington saw a government that was removing God-given rights and knew his responsibility was to act and defend those rights. And what does an appeal to heaven mean? It means action on earth. It doesn't mean we're just going to sit around and pray and not to say that prayer is not important because it is, but just sitting around and praying in your room is not enough. What Washington did was he definitely prayed and he said publicly, we need to appeal to heaven. And then he got fundraising and then he led himself. He led a Navy. He led the fight against the British because he knew what was happening. They had declared war on the colonists. They were the ones coming in and having martial law and taxing them on everything. And so the question is, are we going to realize that people are waging war on us and what are we going to do about it? We can't just sit and twiddle our thumbs and wring our hands and and just wonder, oh, well, it'll it'll change or we just it'll change next election when we vote. Nonsense. Voting is not going to change a blessed thing. One of the things people really need to understand is that tyranny exists in the United States of America. Tyranny exists under the guise of family planning that's denying parental rights. I've talked about this with with gender reassignment surgery. I've written a column about this. It's about tyranny in America. It's about parental rights. You can read about it on my website, bethanyblankley.com. It's a column in the Washington Times. We have parents who have to defend their right to be parents because they're having to deal with with local bureaucratic state regulatory agencies coming in and telling them that as parents, they actually don't have rights as parents. I'm not kidding. This is happening in 2015 America. It's insanity. There is tyranny that's happening in America. I've outlined the four points. Read about it. You can read it on Constitution.com, The Washington Times, my website, BethanyBlankley.com. The time is now, people. The time is now. And it's up to my generation, people 40 years old and younger, to say, we have had enough. We will not allow our country to have our inheritance reclaimed and taken by people who don't deserve it. This country was my inheritance. It is not the inheritance of illegal immigrants coming across the border. It is not an inheritance for ISIS. It is not an inheritance for the Muslim Brotherhood. And whether or not we want to be at war, the reality is that we are because other people have openly declared it in black and white on paper, out in public in the media. It is no secret who has 
committed to wanting to destroy American society, both from without and within. And unless we do something, tyranny will become history. And we won't be talking about what we can do because there will be no America. There will be nothing to defend. This is not a conspiracy theory. You can read about the Muslim Brotherhood plan for Northern America on my website. Go to America's Betrayal. You can read about Islam and the three stages of civilization jihad. It is happening today, right now in the United States of America. This is a wake-up call, people, and I will continue to sound the alarm on Renegade Talk Radio. I'll be back. I'll talk more about tyranny in America, but think about it. We have an Ill- illegitimate government right now run by people who are bought and paid for by foreign governments and corporations who do not represent the people of America. If we say that we live in a constitutional republic, then we either abide by the Constitution or we should get rid of it. Because right now, nobody in Congress is really following it except for a handful who have not committed treason already because the majority in Congress are guilty of treason, foremost of whom is John McCain. John McCain Kane is not a war hero, and for anybody who believes that myth, you can read my column and listen to my radio program about him. There are a lot of lies the CIA and the media are perpetrating, and it's about being discerning. We need to be discerning citizens to understand when and how and what our government is doing that we don't agree with, that we oppose. They do not have our permission to do. Thanks for joining me. I'll be back. We'll talk more about tyranny in America. The Four Points of Sam Adams. Learn it. Read it. Tell your friends. Thanks so much for joining me. You're listening to America's Betrayal on Renegade Talk Radio.